This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. Absolutely gorgeous day today. It took me about an hour longer to get over from my house to over here at Adams Place today. Why was that? You know, people, I think, feel like that they've got to drive 30 uh, miles an hour uh, less driving in this kind of weather, I think. But it was it was very uh, easily uh, as far as you could drive almost. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. Somebody will go out there and have a wreck, and it'll be my fault. So I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Who's your guest this morning? I don't have a guest. It's the Greg Tucker Show. Uh, I am Greg Tucker's guest today, as usual, on, on Mondays, because I, I feel like that I am uh, put on particular precarious spots. On, mo- on Monday days. Well, you're going to tell people to speed in bad weather. That's kind of precarious. I didn't say that. No. Don't be putting that in my mouth, my attorney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was pretty, but it is kind of messy. Uh, out in Donald's Chapel on the other side of the hills, we have more snow than Murfreesboro's got. and uh, But it's fun. It's the time of year for that. Well, when you have that valuable property out there like you have, it, it, it seems like the things just happen better when you have those types of property. I mean, you get more snow than I do. It's it's beautiful out there. Just yeah, absolutely. all yeah. the all the red birds will will fly to certain trees and. And during the summer, I'm sure we have more chiggers than you do out there on that hard scrabble uh, country that we try to. Scratching existence out of, I mean, it's rough out there. I wouldn't recommend anybody that they uh, move out in that part of the county. Oh, bless your little heart. That that really bothers me. I feel so bad. Oh, uh, I I was uh, working out this morning. I went back after my Achilles uh, got a little bit more well, I I would say. You were walking a little better when you came in this morning. Yeah. And one of the little ladies that uh, always works out in one of the machines next to mine, she she always strikes up a conversation. I want to say hi to Shirley Arnett. Uh, she's an ex-county county girl. I think she graduated over there, uh, but uh, has a, an, an interesting life, like most people do. And uh, she's telling me about it. I think it's a general that she used to fly some with, but I can't I can't remember his name. Well, I don't have any idea who he was. You're looking at me with that. I'm waiting to see what you want to talk about this morning. Confounded look. What do you want to talk about this morning? Um, well, we can talk about almost anything. Uh, 
this is going to be one of those laid back days. I, I feel like that um, you and I deserve one of those where we can just sit around and and chew the fat like they do at uh, the coffee shops and things like that. Uh, speaking of coffee shops, uh, there are a privileged bunch that get to eat over at the campus sub every Thursday morning. And you are the guest of one of our uh, war heroes, uh, uh, Robert Stroop. Veteran of World War II. Yes. And uh, one of the Kittrell boys. I mean, it goes without saying that, that most of the Kittrell boys are, are would fall into that category. Kittrell Halls Hill. The Halls Hill community was the Stroop community as well as an awful lot of people that... Uh, We've known over the years, uh, but that's very close to Hall to Kittrell. In fact, many of them went to high school in Kittrell mm -hmm. after going through the grammar school level there at the Halls Hill School. I visited the site of the Halls Hill School not too long ago because a good friend, Earl Lahew Moose, built his home on the site where the school used to be. Mm -hmm. School burned. School disappeared. Does Earl eat with you on? Yeah, he's, he's one of our Thursday mornings. It seems like he eats out in a lot of different places, Earl does. Because I know he eats out with uh, us over at Bud Mitchell's on Friday morning. Moose? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, of late, he doesn't drive anymore, so somebody has to bring him or move him around. But uh, he's just a couple of years behind his close friend, Robert. Robert, is he's an amazing fella. Because I know that he has a lot of rental property, and someone called him on the phone, uh, aggravated him a little bit. I, that's the first time I've ever seen Robert angry. And uh, the guy evidently wouldn't shut up, and finally he, he invited him to come over there and be with him, and they'd work it out. But uh, He's hands I, I don't think that guy understood how they are going to work it out. He manages a lot of property, and he's still hands-on. He carries a phone in his shirt pocket, and uh, he answers the phone when somebody calls. Yeah. So, Tell me about the uh, gentleman that you uh, visited that uh, bought your father's uh, home. I got a call almost a year ago from a fellow just out of the blue, and he asked and made sure he had the right person he says well i just bought your father's house in brentwood mm -hmm. and uh, i want to invite you to come by because uh, maybe you can help me understand some of the things about the structure and then the pandemic came along yeah. and uh, i didn't get back to him until recently and we visited and it was a very pleasant experience uh, my father we've talked many times was an architect specialized in institutional buildings uh, but he, over time, had developed an idea of how he wanted to build his dream house, considered Rutherford County, considered Davidson County, and finally just found the property that suited him uh, in what then was a kind of a remote area in northern Williamson County, Brentwood. Interesting, bought the property from Eddie Arnold. Eddie Arnold had bought this farm and was dividing it up. Mm -hmm. Little Jimmy Dickens was the agent that we dealt with <laughs> back then. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, but he built his dream home, which was built out of all concrete, no wood in the structure, uh, nothing as a pre-plastic era. 
uh, and uh, we sold it in the early 90s, 1990s. And uh, one owner after us until this fella came along. And I was real pleased because he was uh, into renovation back to the original. Mm-hmm. And most of his questions were, now, what was here and what did it look like and what color was it? And, and except for the kitchen, which obviously had been redone to update, and the master bathroom, which he had gutted out because he couldn't figure out anything and started over on it. But uh, much of the house was beginning to look again like it did uh, when we owned it. Mm-hmm. And uh, just very... Uh, pleasant experience to talk with someone who was that interested in what had been there and how he could put it back and uh, we must have spent three hours just walking through the house talking oh, wow. about the colors and what the flooring was and and uh, seeing some areas that uh, like uh, th- there were three bathrooms two of them he hadn't touched and he doesn't need to and uh I pointed out to him that the floors were actually heated and had a heater. He he had not figured that out. It's just little details like that. But it is pleasant to see something you know was a, a very very important to your parent mm-hmm. being taken care of and and the interest the individual has in in uh, trying to get it back. I mean. Things like the roof is concrete, all concrete beams. Oh, wow. And uh, some people hide all those beams, but mm-hmm. my father in the living room, the den, and the master bedroom, and the uh, mother-in-law apartment left the bottom of the beams exposed. Unique look, very high ceiling. And uh, this fellow had deliberately uh, left everything exposed like it was, so uh, has that same look about it. If you want to see what a house built by someone in that situation looks like, go to the Central Fire Station here in Murfreesboro. Same style. Hmm. So did he have any knowledge at all of your background? Because... uh, My background? Yeah. I I know your father had a a different background, but you uh, seem to have a uh, love of creating or looking at things that were built maybe 150 years ago but want to keep the same style even the 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 same um um um, i I guess the living mode of it that continues well a phrase i don't like to hear from others particularly if they're dealing with a property is oh that's too dated yeah and uh yeah it's dated that means it's got historic significance and let's figure out what date it is mm-hmm. and then see that it's preserved so people can see you know this was the style in the 1900s in uh, downtown rutherford county mm-hmm. uh, that, that to me is uh, an important consideration well the thing about you you have a little bit of the same idea that i do why in Williamson County, everything is through the roof as far as the cost for homes and, and property. And um, I, I, I guess if you, you've got it, you, you have probably similar people that live over in Williamson County uh, and over in Rutherford County. But in Rutherford County, 
people look at the cost and and you and I know that you can buy a house in Rutherford County, exact same house, a whole lot cheaper than you can in Williamson County. Probably close to about half. Yeah. What you'd spend over there. It, it's a location, I guess, but uh, it strikes me as you're being taken advantage of because you don't really gain. Uh, uh, but the impression is that it's worth it, so they pay it. But, you know, think of the people that you live around and the people you have got to meet uh, in Rutherford County and put those alongside the people in Williamson County. And to me, uh, of course, I, I grew up around the people that you're around now, and there's something special to them. I mean, uh, they're, they're um, as we all uh, used to call them, the salt of the earth. <laughs> And, and, and to me, they're more interesting for whatever reason. Well, I find almost anybody interesting if you take the time to talk to them and see where they've been, what they've done. Uh, but I also like to stay close to home. Yeah. Oh, one interesting thing about my father's home in Brentwood is he didn't like doing houses for people, he had that type of work architecture. He did three, one in Davidson County. Uh, his own in Brentwood, and he did one in Murfreesboro, mm -hmm. and that was because his childhood friend, uh, Dr. Shacklett, Bill mm -hmm. Shacklett, asked him to. So those were the three houses he did in his career. Now you talking about three shot? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, where did he build Dr. Shacklett's home? I, I'm not real sure. Yeah. I'd have to look up the address and. Uh, we wrote about a point of it. Someone contacted me and said uh, they had heard that Dr. Shacklett used to brag that his home was designed by a uh, disciple of Frank Lloyd Wright, probably our most uh, uh, acclaimed uh, American architect, at least back in the past century. And I said, well, that's not quite the case, but influenced by Frank Lloyd Wright because he did his apprenticeship in uh, Arizona, mm -hmm. where Wright was very active. Uh, but uh, I can't tell you today what the address was. Why in the world would he have done his apprenticeship in Arizona? For just the reason I said, that's where everything was rising out of the desert. All the uh, uh, new uh, concepts were being developed or tested, mm -hmm. uh, some of which... Uh, Quite a bit of it he brought back to Tennessee. He was the first one to do all uh, pre-stressed concrete uh, structures and such. Uh, but some of the ideas, like they used to do, and they were experimenting with lift slab in uh, Arizona. They would build a multi-story building, and they would pour and cast and form the upper floor and then lift it all the way up and put it in place mm -hmm. and uh, uh, it didn't catch on uh, but uh, I can remember the discussion of some of these new techniques and, and a look uh, I call the look Arizona modern and uh, the fire station we're talking about is one example uh, the little church across from Mitchell Nielsen the original is another example 
of uh, asymmetrical uh, styling in buildings, which doesn't really appear to me, appeal to me. I like a balanced look in a building, but uh, the Arizona modern style, you know, the building would be left-handed or right-handed, but not a balanced look to it, which they found attractive. That's one of the things that that differs from uh, community to community is the style of, of homes. And, yeah. and you, when you drive down East Main Street here in Murfreesboro, I don't know of any area that has uh, the type of style that is there, and it, it is just so, it, it just reaches out to you. Mm -hmm. I, I, a lot of times I'll drive through n neighborhoods and never even see a home. But that's, that's not the truth. When, when you when you drive down East Main Street, it's totally uh, in its own uh, well, pretty level. A lot of those homes are dated, you know. Yes. They look kind of dated, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a wonderful uh, period. The uh, Victorian era, right at the turn of the century, we're talking 120 yeah. years ago when many of them were built. The original buildings, a few dating from uh, antebellum, are still there. And then one that I'm involved with was built in the Depression era uh, with a uh, English Tudor style to it. Mm -hmm. It's so, a beautiful place. Yeah, there are a number of uh, different periods represented there, and that to me is what makes East Main fascinating, yeah. the, the, the differences and the different periods that are reflected there. When you drive down East Main Street, can you... you can you tell which particular era those homes were built, uh, the style that they were built in? I can on some of them. There are experts in architectural styles that can, I'm sure, do much better. But uh, even uh, a casual observer, though, can see the differences in the, the homes built by the Darrow family in 1910, 1912 versus built by the... Uh, Cannon family in 1930s, uh, or the uh, antebellum homes that we date back to the uh, second generation of the Murphy family. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all there, and uh, it's a great walking tour. If I'm working in the yard and the house out there, I always enjoy seeing the the groups walking around with their notepads, taking notes on their walking tour. Now, when did your dad first become interested in architecture? Because he was a uh, World War II pilot and uh, flew with some of the more interesting people. And um, it seems like he's drawn to highly unusual type things. Well, I don't know highly unusual, but his ambition uh, before the war was to be a coach. And a teacher. Football coach? Yeah. Yeah. And he was outstanding uh, in his own football career. But uh, in the service, he explained to me he just had a close friend who was already uh, in architectural school mm -hmm. and been pulled out, as they all were, for the war service. Uh, and in talking with him, he just got very interested. So when he came back, he finally got admitted to Georgia Tech. Which at the time was one of the better architectural schools in the mm -hmm. country, and with the help of the president of MTSC at the time, uh, blocking on the name, fellow with the uh, 
throat problem. Uh, now you, you throw me for a loop now. Yeah, anyway, the, the president of MTSU called the president of uh, Georgia Tech and got him in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I remember my first recollections of playing outside and such are in Chambly, Georgia, while he was doing his architectural study. And then, as I said, uh, you got to do a five-year apprenticeship, and he thought Arizona is a place to go to learn. Mm-hmm. So we ended up in Arizona, 51 through 56. Uh, and then, of course, he came back here to establish his his uh, business. He's an interesting man. Yeah. Did so many unusual things. Yeah, I think so. What but, else you got? I know you, you've been studying, well, let's so change. I, I'm just throwing you off. Yeah, let's change the subject a little bit. It is uh, the first day of Black History Month, and uh, I came across, actually, Moose, who we were talking about earlier, shared uh, some documentation with me. One of them had his father uh, named in the article. And uh, the reason I say uh, uh, black history, this is 1918, mm-hmm. and it's when the fellows were being drafted uh, for the World War One. And apparently the uh, military or the whoever it was nationally that was controlling the draft uh, put out quotas. And remember, this is a period of, of uh, segregation. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, the county had a quota for, quote, white men and a quota for colored men. And on July 28, 1918, the local board of uh, the local draft board in Rutherford County uh, had called up and literally uh, put into transport. Uh, the entire or the remaining at that time uh, of the white men quota. And it details who they are, list of names, and uh, Earl Clifton Lehew is one of them on the list, and details where they're going. uh, According to the instructions from Washington, X number were to go to uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, another number to... Ohio, a camp in Ohio and such for training. Uh, but it also lists and notes that uh, a number of qualified colored men were being called and uh, shipped off and has the different places that they were being sent. It was interesting that uh, late in the article it says that the quota had been exhausted or fulfilled, made a better way, mm-hmm. had been fulfilled for white men but they still needed something in the neighborhood of about 40 colored men. Uh, and uh, today, of course, to think that there'd be a draft which was racially numbered, uh, you know, it would be hard to imagine. But that was the routine back in 1918. And clearly, uh, the numbers ultimately matched out. Uh, and I don't know what the numbers were based on, whether it would be population, relative population, or what. But uh, the local draft board was given a number. And uh, this many white men, this many colored men uh, yeah. back in that time. Let's come back to that. We need to take a break. All right. I, 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 my feet are bouncing to the beat of the music. All right. 
from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. A lot of people have been talking about how it's hard to find where to go to get a rapid COVID test. Good news, right here in Murfreesboro, you can get the rapid COVID test at Low T Center. The Low T Center in Murfreesboro now has drive through rapid COVID testing on Mondays, 8.30 until 5.30, every Monday through February 22nd. And if you can't make it on Monday, stop by the Low T Center in Franklin. There, they're offering drive through COVID testing on Wednesday all day. That's the Low T Center in Franklin on Wednesdays at the intersection of McEwen Drive and Carruthers Parkway. There's no appointment needed and it's only $60 and you'll get your results back in less than 30 minutes. It's rapid COVID testing at Low T Center. The COVID tests are available for all adults, men and women, 18 and older. For Monday testing at Low T Center in Murfreesboro, they're located near the Avenue at 2855 Medical Center Parkway. They're across the street from Rooms to Go or at the Low T Center in Franklin on Wednesdays at the intersection of McEwen Drive and Carruthers Parkway. This is Lisa Halliburton at Bell Jewelers. Pandora will have new Valentine charms. We're going to be doing free gifts. If you just spend $99 or more, you're going to get a gift card to Murfreesboro Flower Shop for beautiful flowers, a gift card to Steakhouse 5 or Five Senses, and also a spa gift card to Nurture Nook Spa. Bell Jewelers, 821 Northwest Broad Street, across from Toots. Adams Place is a premier senior living facility in Murfreesboro, offering independent living, assisted living, memory care, health care center, and on-site rehabilitation. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Enjoy gentle joint exercise in the indoor pool, our soda shop, and many planned activities and trips for every taste. Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Investigators are working to determine the cause of a fire over the weekend that claimed the life of a mother and her child. Officials say the fire started early Saturday morning at a duplex on Craig Court, where they found a 33-year-old woman and her 7-year-old son inside the house in a bedroom. Both the mother and son were taken to St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital, where they later died. Firefighters were able to help a woman on the other side of the duplex escape without injury. A Cessna 162 was flying between Murfreesboro and Shelbyville when it developed engine trouble Saturday morning and made an emergency landing in a field alongside Rucker Road. Rutherford County Fire and Rescue Chief Larry Farley told News Radio WGNS. The plane called in a distress signal, and there was other planes up there flying around, and as the plane landed in a field out there on Rucker Road, they were able to spot the airplane and be able to radio in to Murfreesboro Airport and give us direction on exactly where the plane landed at. They were able to safely land the plane into a field, which is very fortunate. Nobody was hurt. Nobody was injured. The Federal Aviation Administration is conducting an investigation. Rescue crews say an unmanned drone equipped with heat-sensing technology is credited for locating a missing juvenile. Officials confirmed that the drone from Stormpoint Drone was instrumental in helping first responders locate the child in a wooded area near Wade Herod Road. Rescuers say the drone was able to find the child's heat signature in the woods less than 15 minutes after it was launched. Ground teams are then able to recover the child who was evaluated by medics and released to the family. 
When news breaks, we tweet it. Just follow us at WGNS Radio or log on to WGNSRadio.com. For news on demand 24-7, I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. How are you feeling today? More than an empty question, it's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers, friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension St. Thomas, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety and our care. Ask about virtual visits. ERs at Ascension St. Thomas Hospitals are open 24-7. Get the care you need at GetSTHealthCare.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see a few scattered areas of snow showers here this afternoon, then possibly mixing with some rain here late. Body skies high into the upper 30s, with northwest winds gusting as high as 25 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wichitsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 30. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes. For Premier Six Theater, they're now open. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1850, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back. And uh, let me let me correct, uh, not correct. Let me fill in a blank. I block on names. Q M Smith was, of course, the president of NTSC uh, in the late 40s. And thank Bobby Stewart for that. Yeah. I think she and Larry came up with. You know, the good thing about being around here, there's always somebody a whole lot smarter than we are, <laughs> or better memories than we have. That's not a lot of. That's not much of a challenge. No, it is. <laughs> Bless their hearts. Yeah, we talked last week about uh, some uh, another very interesting family, the uh, uh, Wrights from Halls Hill. Mm-hmm. And as always, uh, you mentioned Enoch Wright, and you'll prompt some more stories. Uh, a close friend that I think I'm having lunch with today, uh, Scott Porterfield, called me, and he says he remembers that uh, Enoch would come help on he on his family farm. Mm-hmm. And uh, his two points that he recalled was one for a long and lanky looking fella he was incredibly strong and he remembers Enoch literally pitching bales of bean hay which are heavy mm-hmm. up into the loft with one hand and the other thing he remembered is uh, he thinks he's correct that Enoch only had one ear 
and that uh, I have gotten other reports that Enoch suffered in his uh, late life years with uh, skin cancer and was disfigured by the skin cancer. Mm -hmm. So that may also be correct. But as I've always said about Enoch Wright, there's so much legend and so much fact, it's hard to sort it out sometimes. Actually, he's the only Enoch I can remember with that name except for the sheriff uh, over in uh, Murray County, Enoch George. Is that right? Yeah, that's the only two I can ever remember. Uh, it seemed to me like uh, it'd be very likely you'd get the nickname Knock out of Enoch. So, and Knock Wright may well have been, and I've heard that story too, and I can't verify it, that a lot of people called him Knock. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a Knox Ridley. Yeah, that's Knox <laughs> with an X. Yeah, yeah. Another bit of absolute trivia, which would interest only, I guess, those who have pasture or are used to in Rutherford County. In 1952, there was quite a bit of a, uh, enthusiasm and interest among those with cattle herds in the county because a new, we today call it an exotic uh, plant, was being promoted and tested in Rutherford County uh, for uh, pasture, cattle pasture. The name of it catches my attention. It was called Bird's Foot Trefoil. It was a type of clover. Uh, I have out in the pasture on uh, my farm a very mixed br uh, blend of plants, but my mentor, uh, Quilla Bowman, pointed out one time and said, oh, you got some Japanese clover in there. And sure enough, it was a small-leafed plant with a yellow flower mm -hmm. that uh, he said, yeah, the cows will eat it. They're not big on it. Uh, but in 1952, uh, one farmer, uh, Mr. Snell, S-N-E-L-L, -L, planted about uh, 12 or 13 acres on an experimental basis. People were coming from all over Middle Tennessee uh, farmers and mm -hmm. farm professionals uh, to see and uh, observe what uh, was being built at the time as the the pasture of the future, 1952. Uh, apparently it didn't work out because uh, several others planted it, but uh, my guess is it was overwhelmed by the native and the fescue and the, the other things that were being grown. Interesting, though, how something as uh, ancient as farming still uh, is evolving and reacting to new things available, uh, new crops. And uh, I know now we have a hybrid soybean that uh, resists certain uh, pesticides, herbicides, mm -hmm. herbicides. And uh, the concern is that if it's planted across the road from your standard soybeans and they use the pest, the herbicide, excuse me, on the hybrid crop, it drifts across the road and knocks out your uh, regular crop. So we'll see where that goes. As far as I know, none of the hybrid soybean is yet being planted or treated in Rutherford County. But... Uh, Things come and go. Well, and like when you moved back here and, and, and you bought Morning Ride Farm, 
you were listening to the farmers around you. Uh, this goes back to the way that they did their business and what they had learned o over the years. And now uh, farmers are looking into the more scientific area, like at MTSU. And I, I, I'll, I'll be listening to maybe Ted Beatty, and, and he'll be talking to some of the farmers as, as they... Um, they they kind of share the information that they've got, and it, it, it it's all new things. I mean, they're they're able to uh, utilize what they have learned in a scientific way, as compared to what the farmers did in the old days of what they learned that was passed down from one farmer to another. And it's it, it's amazing to me because I was listening to them. I didn't understand a word they said. I think. Fred Adams was one of the ones that was passing some of that information. And I have, I don't think I have heard you uh, uh, talking in, in, in that uh, uh, other language as far as what you're doing on your farm. No. But are you utilizing some of that, that the... Uh, some of the people that are studying it beyond the the normal way of, of uh, uh, finding out what fits in best for your particular land. No, uh, I, I'm on the lurch forward approach. Lurch. Yeah, if it seems to be working, go that way. If it's not working, do something else. Uh, seriously, though, uh, you know, I came in inexperienced, very green. And uh, Quilla Bowman, a uh, neighbor, uh, began sharing his information, which I'm sure dated back several generations. Mm -hmm. But he had farmed in that same area. He knew where things were and where things wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. And I can remember not only him, but some of the other neighbors telling us where our garden was. Uh, everything was grown up. So, you know. The garden was a little far away, so we decided, my wife particularly made the point that uh, she wanted it better accessible to where the well was, mm -hmm. so she got water. And after a couple of years, we put the garden out there where they said it was, because that's where it needed to be, is one place where the soil was appropriate, I guess, the drainage and such. Mm -hmm. uh, so we listened to the neighbors and learn from that. No, I don't think the neighbors were into the scientific approaches and uh, I'm compliment and grateful that uh, people have learned and enhanced the uh, farming. Uh, but uh, I just trial and error and mm -hmm. listen to the neighbors and see what uh, they say we should do. You haven't really, you have an exotic uh, farm out there. I, don't. I, I like what you've done with it. I mean, it, it, it's... Uh, we have had around us names that you'd be familiar with, uh, people who have the exotic animals. Mm -hmm. I don't know about exotic plants, but uh, hybrid rose bushes don't do very... They don't do it all out there, we learned. Uh, but uh, every day, something is different. You learn something. You have a beautiful farm, actually. You really do. And uh, 
you can tell that one of the two of you is 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 making it a whole lot prettier than than what it was years ago. I, I used to haul hay on that farm many years ago. Many people have worked the farm, as you know, Hall McNabb, former sheriff. Yeah. It was his home, and before that, the Uries, a very prominent family in that area. Uh, so I have frequently people tell me, oh, yeah, we used to work at, or I've been on that farm, or mm -hmm. something. Well, it, it was mostly... Uh, the farm in, in those days, when I was growing up at Kittrell and Readable in those places, uh, and that was, um, that's what you ate. Uh, that, that's that's uh, what fed you in, in those particular days. And uh, I don't think people spend as much time, you, you might say, beautifying the area that you've got. And it, it really does make a big difference when you drive through there. And, and look over and, and, and see those beautiful farms today, uh, how much time people spend on them. Well, uh, you remind me of an interesting comment I got from Quilla Bowman and uh, S.P. Arnold and some others, and that was I'm wasting an awful lot of pasture, mm -hmm. some of the best pasture, because in front of the house, between the house and the road, we decided to maintain that more as lawn. I did take hay off of it for a number of years, but, you know, we kept the cows out of there. Mm -hmm. And uh, even Roy Arnold, who I bought from, uh, he had cows right out to the street and at the front door because that was some of the best pasture. So my neighbors in the first few years frequently would remind me, you're wasting some of your best pasture out here. Uh, and we were keeping it as play area for the kids. and for the parents uh, as well. Um, Different approach. Yeah, but um, farming has changed. Uh, when people buy farms today, they want something that, um, well, not only will gain in, in monetary value, but something that you, you can enjoy while you're living there. Well, in Rutherford County, I think more people are interested in lifestyle than they are hard scratch farming. Yeah. You've enjoyed being around all those old farmers, haven't you? We were, I guess, had the youngest children in the community when we came back and moved out there. And uh, now we're the senior citizens of the area, except for Jerry Pascal, our unofficial mayor. Uh, uh, we'd be next in line. Yeah, Jerry's, uh, well, his wife is my age, but... Uh, Jerry's, it, they're the friendliest people in the world. There's no place that you can go to that has the, the, the relationships that you can gather with the people who live out in the, in the rural communities. It, it really is. It, it's always been special out here. Well, when we talk neighborhood, it's changing now, but when we talk neighborhood, we're talking several miles either way up and down the road because... Mm -hmm. You know, farms, and uh, you know all the people, uh, and that is changing. Uh, we hope the new people coming in will appreciate the uh, old relationships, uh, but things are changing. And things really haven't changed hands that much when you talk about the east side of Rutherford County. That's true. The southeast where we are uh, is still 
reminds me of the way it was except for the paved road when I was a kid visiting family out there. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know when the roads were paved, but I do know in the 50s they were still dirt or gravel roads out that way. Well, you better hope that they don't get into those four-lane highways coming out your way because uh, nothing changes the landscape more than that. And the amount of property that is tied up. I mean, go out here to one of our intersections with I-24 and look around at how much property is tied up in just the the intersection. I mean, yeah. you, you're talking a fair-sized farm at each intersection. And it goes on and on and on. So you're 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 totally controlled. Your whole lifestyle is controlled by traffic yeah. here in Rutherford County. I think so. I think a it's, large part. Yeah, and and it's gotten worse. And um, people want to move here because it, it's it's such a friendly, nice place to live. But the more people that come in, the more it changes what we can do and and how fast it's going to be done. Because it, it took me uh, 40 minutes to drive my, from my house over here today. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, let me shift to something else and ask. I know uh, we have some fans among our half dozen or so listeners uh, from the White family, a prominent family name in Rutherford County, Murfreesboro in particular. Well, you talking about the athletic director at University of Tennessee? He's not a neighbor. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, Walter White and his wife and George uh, and their father, a doctor. But I came across the name Frankie White, a lady. And if my information is correct, maybe they can confirm for me, she could properly be considered Murphy Burrow's first librarian, mm. institutional librarian. When they set up the Lending Library, at the women's club back in 1923, I believe she was the individual who was put in charge of the operating the library, lending the books out. Was it Lineball at that time? No, we're talking 23. Oh. Uh, this library, and has an interesting story too. 1948 is when Lineball opened. Okay. And 1948 is when the women's club literally shut down and. Uh, figuratively locked the door on the library that they had been operating and I believe they were offended by the fact that all this talk about Murfreesboro's never had a library was overlooking the effort they had been in for 25 years mm -hmm. uh, of operating a public access lending library uh, through their club facility uh, but I believe Frankie White served as the first librarian there which, although there was a library club operating soon after the Civil War up until the 19-teens, 20s, uh, when the women's club took it up as a public service, community service, uh, there were lending, but there was no librarian uh, as such. It was more of a club effort. But I believe Frankie White uh, should be acknowledged as Murfreesboro's first librarian for Lending Library. Now, was she a uh, um, a transplant that had come in here, no, or no. was she was she was she raised in that white family? Oh, I'm pretty sure that she was probably the sister of uh, 
the doctor's father would be about right, if I'm right at all. But uh, I know she uh, was local and part of the family and probably was part of the woman's club in order to be considered for the position of Is that the same location for the woman's club that's there now? Absolutely. Wow. That was our local lending library for 25 years uh, up through late 1940s. Now, did they buy that from one of the from a, a homeowner, or did, was that built for the woman's club? The building was built by a uh, physician. Uh, if someone would pull one of my books, I think I've written about it in two of the books. Uh, it seems like he also had a connection with a hotel, but it was a private home. Mm-hmm. And their mission even today is, uh, in substantial part, preserving and using the fo- the uh, home as their clubhouse. Mm-hmm. I think we've got a caller on the line. Caller, welcome aboard with Greg Tucker. Good morning, uh, Truman. Uh, I enjoy listening to your story in there. I'm an African-American man new to the area, and uh, mm-hmm. today is the first day of Black History Month. Yeah. And I'm yes, just wondering if if he could give a brief history or, or at least touch on some of the black history of this area so I can become familiar with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. I didn't get exactly the question, but we did talk a little earlier about how differently the uh, uh, draft board back in 1918 was charged with... Uh, selecting and uh, making available uh, draftees Mm -hmm. and how there was a white quota and a colored quota and uh, apparently the white quota in 1918 was exhausted first and I presume eventually they made available all of the quote colored men that were requested by the national uh, draft activity I uh, am very fond of the leadership over at the African American Historic Society, although I differ with with them in one principal point, and that is I don't really see black history, white history. Locally, we have a very uh, fascinating local history. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have talked about the very close and intimate relationships in the 1900s, which uh, served both races. Uh, the domestic help that made possible the lifestyle of the more affluent members of the community, Uh, the tenant farming which supported and made possible the extensive rural uh, activity, uh, agricultural activity that was the basis of the economy up until my lifetime. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, there, there are a lot of Fascinating stories, all the uh, founding of the Hellams Funeral Home, uh, the relationship between uh, two very close personal friends, uh, one black, one white, both leaders in their communities. Uh, Another fascinating story. Uh, And the uh, experience of Murfreesboro and Rutherford County during the desegregation integration phases is something we're very proud of because while those struggled in some neighborhoods and some uh, areas of the southeast and the northeast and the California uh, 
that was very uh, uh, accommodating and uh, served both of the uh, uh, communities, uh, side-by-side communities at the time. Uh, we've talked about uh, Mink Slide, the business district, mm-hmm. the black business district, and the prosperity it brought to many of the black families uh, back in the teens, 20s, and 30s. Uh, and uh, I had a note here, one of the things uh, I want to follow up on is the story. We talked a little bit last week about the 231 school. Mm-hmm. This was a school built from scratch in the early 1960s, uh, ten years, uh, almost ten years after the Supreme Court ruling against segregated schooling. Uh, Rutherford County built a new black school in 1962, and uh, the school, of course, disappeared in 1972 when uh, uh, everything was fully fully integrated, desegregated. Uh, But interesting that the black and white community working together in obvious defiance of uh, the uh, Supreme Court ruling. Uh, So the the black students in the Christiana area had their own school to be proud of. Mm -hmm. But uh, it only lasted 10 years and basically disappeared except for a pattern of rocks left in the bank yeah. out there, which uh, prompted our curiosity. So just many, many stories, and uh, we uh, have written many of them, and we have certainly talked about a lot of them here on the show. I think uh, one of the things that's always fascinated me, uh, I, I have been close to all the political things that have gone on in Rutherford County in my lifetime, and, and talking to all the people. And we had uh, two, uh, I, I see we got a call, just wait wait just a second. Uh, and there was two uh, special ladies in Rutherford County, uh, Dora and Nanny Rooker. And uh, Miss Dora, I think she lived up to be over 100, but she, she would always call me when something, uh, well, somebody that I knew or me and whenever I was going to um, uh, run for office and she would want me to come over to the house and I would and I would sit and talk to uh, Miss Dora forever and uh, we would have the best time. She was so much fun and, and then she said, I want to get my people out and I want them to get out and work hard for you. And I said, that's, you know, that's very nice of you, uh, uh, Miss Dora. And uh we never had any uh, other uh, things in mind other than our friendship. And, it, and when you talk about black history and white history, they were intertwined. They really were. And the people that I knew at that time, we didn't even think about color or, or race or anything like that because we had such close friendships. And the part that I remember most of it was it wasn't even brought up in in that particular era. And she said, now let me tell you something, Truman. You see a lot of these people that will go out and they will want you to pay for the support that they can give you. She says, you're not going to give me a dime. And And she would get all these people, organize everything. And this is just in that one 
particular era uh, era of politics and things that went along with it. it and it was, um, I, I don't know, uh, I, I understand why uh, people want to do this or that, but to be perfectly honest with you, I don't like to see anything that separates us in ethnic groups or anything like that because I don't think it's good for a country and and uh, if it's done in a historical type sense, uh, you know, uh, that's perfectly all right because, you know, Greg gets involved in, in, in the the history of Rutherford County and it includes everybody as far as the people that helped make Rutherford County what it was. But when all the, the things, the turmoil that was going on years ago, um, it, it never did reach a point of being uh, violent or pulling people apart simply because we had leaders back then uh, of, of all races and they were all pulling together, which made the, uh, you didn't see that everywhere, of course. Uh, some of the major cities were, were just absolutely exploding at the time. But in communities like Rutherford County, we didn't see a whole lot of that. And uh, I, I, I was just, I've always been proud of our community that we live in. Now, we have another caller on the line. Caller, welcome aboard. I was calling about the woman's club. It was Dr. Basket's home. Dr. Basket? William Turner Basket. Oh. I I know. Did you have that, Greg? Yeah, that sounds familiar. Uh, It was a private home, and the Baskins were involved with uh, one of the hotels, and he was a physician. It's Basket. Uh, B-A-S-K-I-N-S. Oh, okay. Hey, honey, have you got your uh, radio on? No, it, well, I'm in the other room. Okay. We're, we're getting a, a feedback. Well. well yeah, you're hearing yourself come back, but uh, she's saying Basket. Basket, right. Basquette, B-A-S-K-E-T-T-E, basquette. Right, that's right. right. William Turner. That right. That sounds right. It is. <laughs> oh, okay. we appreciate you calling in, hon. Thank you. Bye. You're yes, talking hey, you've got Dora another Rucker. one here real quick. You want to squeeze it in? Yeah, yeah. Welcome aboard, caller. Hello. Yeah, I was uh, wanting to call and uh, had a quick question of the, I heard a rumor, I've been living in Rutherford County all my life, I'm only 45, but I do construction and everything, and we're doing a little construction over here off Academy and everything, and we heard a few rumors about some underground tunnels. So I didn't know if anybody could uh, relate to that or anybody had any kind of information on it, because we've run into some subterranean pipe and stuff around here that, you know, thought maybe it would possibly be part of it. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of infrastructure under Murfreesboro as there is everywhere else, pipes and lines and such as that. There also have been very persistent stories about mysterious tunnels under the courthouse and the court square, and uh, that's not true. 
And Not sure. my last book I wrote in detail after crawling under the square. The mm -hmm. uh, only thing that really suggests tunnels is every uh, establishment around the square, including the courthouse, had a chute for loading coal because everything was warmed, heated mm -hmm. with the coal furnaces and either steam or water circulating. Yes, uh, but uh, the stories about tunnels, Civil War, Indian attacks, and all that are some uh, fascinating fiction. Uh, <laughs> all right. I, I was I was totally I was totally falling for it. So you know I I just wanted I heard y'all on the radio this morning. I try to listen almost every morning. I hear yeah. stuff like this, and I love hearing the history about the yeah. county I grew up in. You know, you I want I some detail. If you want some detail, a quick commercial. Uh, Rutherford Reflections, my fourth book, has a uh, detailed story with some illustration on the uh, tunnel legends. All right. Thank you very much, sir. You have a blessed day. Thank you for calling. Um, I was going to remind people, Dora Rucker was a member, uh, leading influential member of the County Election Commission mm -hmm. many, many years. And also, last time I visited with her, she was the oldest surviving person in uh, Rutherford County. I think she was 104 last I heard. I think we were at her 105th birthday, yeah. and she died right in that, yeah. in that time period. Uh, and uh, when I visited with her, I remember she'd even take off her wig and relax. <laughs> oh, and, don't say that. <laughs> relax. And Bless her heart. Entertaining conversations. Yeah. You remind me also to talk about sharing... Uh, Favorites, Miss Ann's restaurant mm -hmm. uh, was very, very popular with both uh, representatives from both races back in that era. I think it's also in my fourth book. Yeah. Great times. Good times. Yeah. We run out of time. Yep. I th that's, what, that's what Brian just said. So I think we're out. Thank you, Truman. Thank you, Greg. All right. We'll see you guys in the morning at 9. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.